Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I have got with me Coach Joe Beavis. Coach Beavis is currently the head coach at Collinsville High School in Collinsville, Illinois. Uh, and this is going to be entering his first season as head coach, so hopefully he, get, he gets a season. Uh, before that, he spent the season as an assistant coach there. Uh, in 2017 and 18, he was the head coach at Lift for Life Academy in St. Louis, right? Correct. Okay. And I, I wasn't sure. I, I knew it was Missouri, but I wasn't sure if it was technically considered St. Louis or not. Oh, yeah. We were down in Soulard. I mean, like right in the heart of St. Louis. Okay. Okay. Uh, in St. Louis, uh, Lift for Life Academy. Uh, spent 2016 as the underclassman coach at Belleville East. 2014 and 15 as a linebacker coach at Carbondale High School in Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, 2012 and 13 as a head coach at Sparta High School in Sparta, Illinois. Before that, he was the defensive coordinator. 2009, he was the head coach at Chicago Kennedy uh, and got his coaching career started as a volunteer assistant coach at Edwardsville High School. He's a 2000 graduate of Edwardsville High School. He's a three-time all-conference fullback, two-time all-conference linebacker, two-time all-state linebacker, a state state finisher in wrestling and discus, uh, and then moved on to the University of Illinois where he was a two-year starter and a Big Ten champion. Coach Beavis, you got a heck of a resume, man. I'm glad to have you on to talk to you today. How's everything going? Uh, everything's going great. The resume is pretty much too long. It's getting hard to get it on two, piece, <laughs> two pieces of paper anymore, but I'm hoping here in Collinsville, Illinois, I don't have to type up another resume for a long, long time. Yeah, you're, you're, you and I have talked for, shoot, going on five or six yeah, years now, and, and, for and sure. we've, we've talked about Collinsville a couple of times, and, and we both kind of agree that's a good spot. If you can get that, if you can get that role, and you're in a, you're in a good area for sure. It's a it's it's a great school district, you know. From from the outside end, I had heard some I had heard some not so great things about it, but then getting in there, the kids are fantastic. The administration right. support is is second to none. Um, the athletic facilities, you know, although not quite, quite as nice as like in Edwardsville, because people are just pouring money into the Edwardsville district. Sure. We still have, we still have great facilities, uh, great, you know. And first of all, like I said, great kids. I mean, the kids right. show up, they work hard. We're averaging about ninety per day uh, wow. right now. Give it, you know, it, given the current circumstances, so sure. things are going awesome. That's all. That, that's really great. That's fantastic. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit kind of as we go. But uh, first question I got to ask you, and this is one I ask everybody, uh, you've been on some successful teams. Obviously, you know, Edwardsville has always been a powerhouse and, and a, a Big Ten champion team at U of I. Um, you were a linebacker, but talk to me about uh, the importance of the offensive line to the, six, the, to the success of those teams. 
uh, without the offensive line, your offense is nothing. I mean, you could have Adrian Peterson in the, in, in the backfield. Of course, that's kind of dating me a little bit. No, no, uh, no. He's still in the I NFL. Mean, he's still in the NFL. He's still relevant, <laughs> but he's not in his prime anymore. Right. Um, just like we're not. Uh, but if you don't have an offensive line in front of him, you know, he's going to be able to make a few plays. But, I'd, you know, I'd almost rather have that fantastic offensive line with just a slightly above average running back. Uh, in, in front of them than kind of just an average offensive line with that superb running back behind them. So, you right. know, same, same thing with quarterbacks. They got guys in their face all day long. Uh, it's really hard to throw the ball in complete passes. So offensive line, uh, I'm trying I'm trying to make it cool to be an offensive lineman at Collinsville High School. That's something that's not been really a thing in the past. So right. I'm trying to, trying to make it cool, give them a cool nickname, let them get on the bus first, get their own seeds, yeah. uh, eat first at team meals, all that kind of stuff. Kind of make it like a, like, like a cool little perk to be an offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a – and, I mean, that's the the beauty part of, of social media nowadays is there's so much – it's such a great renaissance for offensive linemen. Just kind of point them in that direction and have them start looking at some of the some of the clips and videos and comments that people are getting on the offensive line, and, and they'll hopefully hopefully buy in a little quicker than than, uh, than you need. So, oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. You know, one of the first questions I got for you, and, and this is something that we really didn't touch on in your, in your bio, but um, you played uh, – Obviously, you played football at U of I. Um, you, you then went on and played arena ball for seven or eight years. Um, was was coaching something that you had kind of wanted to do while you were at U of I, or was it something that sort of blossomed as you were playing arena ball? And and, and kind of how did you how did you get involved in, in that in that coaching coaching life, so to speak? Um, I got involved in coaching actually through. Uh... You know, I got my degree from the University of Illinois in sports management. Had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, I, I figured I was getting a, fr- you know, a free education. I should probably get a degree. Um, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. I went and did a few interviews with that sports management uh, degree. Decided that those jobs kind of sucked. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I started to substitute teaching. And I really enjoyed being around the kids. And then, uh, you know, my, my former high school coaches were still at Edwardsville High School, so I started volunteer coaching with them and uh, just being around the kids and watching, you know, you're, you're teaching a kid, you know, like a double leg takedown or a down block or whatever it is, right. and all of a sudden you see that light bulb go off and they can no longer do it wrong. Uh, almost became like a, you know, like a little bit of an addictive rush to me, and that was uh, when I decided I, that's what I needed to do. Like right. I said, not, not what I want to do, what I needed to do, and uh, been involved in, in coaching ever since. Right. That's, that's kind of cool. That's kind of, that's really similar to the path I took. I actually, um, obviously I didn't play at U of I, but um, I was a sports management major and, and just found it really tough, tough to kind of find a, a, a niche in, in that, in that profession and, and did almost the exact same thing. Went back to my old high school and, and, you know, here we are. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. We've got, that. I, I, again, like I said, we've talked a bunch, but I don't think you and I ever really talked about our, our paths and that's kind of funny. We've got that, that's such a similar path. So. That's you know, cool. and, 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 I, and I would venture to say there's probably a lot of us that, oh, that, yeah. played, that played ball through high school and into college and kind of ended up on that same path. Like, we really didn't know where we wanted to go. Right. And then uh, we kind of stumbled our way back into football and, and, and decided that's what we needed to do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, kind of one of the th- one of the other things I was, I was really curious about, and, and again, this is something that you and I have talked about kind of in private, but I, 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 I'm going to – I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Um, you know, you had, you took over kind of a, kind of like me, kind of a really bad program at, at, at Lift for Life. Um, and, 
you guys had a lot of success, a ton of success, and we'll focus more on the success than we will the kind of the, the end of the, the, the road there. But um, what was – talk to me kind of about the difficulties you had going, you know, going into year one um, and, and sort of the, the, the switch that got flipped from, from your first year into your second year when you went uh, – you know, you had that, that amazing 11 and, 11 and 1, 11 and 2. What was it? it- Ten and two. Ten and two season. Um, you know your second year there. Talk to me a little bit, kind of about the struggles you had, and kind of when when you knew that things were were trending uh, trending upwards. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'd never even heard of the school. I was <laughs> I, I was I was looking for a job. Um, I, w- I had been you know doing a teacher's aid position at Belleville East. Uh, they were trying hard to get me on as a full time teacher, but that wasn't going to be for another another two or three years. And uh, my wife and I were trying to start a family and we were looking at maybe having some kids and teacher's aid pay just wasn't going to be conducive to that whole plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I needed to find any job that I could. And I stumbled across Live for Life Academy. Uh, I had driven by it probably a hundred thousand times. Anytime you go down to Soulard, you drive right by it, but it's so inconspicuous. It's an old bank building, mm-hmm. uh, right caddy corner to Soulard Park. So you, you mean, if you've been to Soulard, you've seen it before. Um, but getting there and interviewing, uh, you know, and, and getting the job, obviously I said yes. But, like, then you finally get into it, and uh, there's no locker room. There's no field to practice on. You don't have a home field. Half of the half of the jerseys from the previous year are missing. The helmets <laughs> haven't been sent off to reconditioning, and this is in May. Um, I mean, so you just want to talk about a whole uh, – just everything that could be thrown at you – your first year gets thrown at you. Mm-hmm. So most of, most of what got done could not have been done without my wife. We, uh, we actually spent probably, I'm going to guess between the both of us, 48 total hours. There was a basement area that we completely like, we, we ripped a bunch of stuff out, cleaned it all out, threw it in the, uh, threw it in the, uh, the dumpster. Mm-hmm. We created a little locker room space for the kids. Um, you know, there wasn't really lockers, but there were places that they could put their helmet and shoulder pads right. because the, I mean, because for the most part, the kids were taking the city buses. They'd take their helmet and shoulder pads on the city buses and go home because we had kids in North City, South City, West City, downtown. We had kids all over the place. Um, so they're riding buses all over. All over. They don't need to have their helmet and shoulder pads with them doing that. Um, we took some lumps that first year. It, it took some it took some time to get the kids to buy into what we were doing. Uh, but I knew. Uh, I knew we were going to change for the better the very next the, – the week after we lost in the first round of districts that first year. We lost to Vishon. I don't remember the score, but after the game, all my underclass kids were like, this will never happen again. That is that is not happening. And the very next week, we got into the weight room. We were fortunate enough to kind of have an athletic PE class where I had all my football kids, or probably 90% of them, right. and they lifted three times a week all the way through the following summer, all the way through the season. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even let me stop lifting during the season. They would, they would like, we're going to lift on game day coach. We're going to lift on Wednesday. You know, we're going to lift on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Cause that's when I had those, that, that class. And uh, I mean, I knew things were, were going to be way different. I mean, just because that, that's something they'd never had before and something they had never dedicated themselves to before. Uh, I, I knew we were going to be very different that second year. Right. And you guys, I mean, and and obviously it showed. You guys were, I mean, I remember following along and 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 having conversations with you, and and uh, you guys just were were rolling people, and and uh, it was really awesome. Um, you know, again, it's it's 
it's tough to get that turnaround, turn but when you do, you can, and when you see it on their faces, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're in for something special and in for a really good ride. And that's, that's really cool that, that they kind of all jumped on board like that and, and put, put that much excitement and energy into, into making that change. Yeah, it, 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 it was so much fun to kind of watch them progress as, as young men and young students. And then, you know, unfortunately, well, un- unfortunately, I didn't really get to see firsthand how their season ended because I got a great opportunity to go be the head wrestling coach at Collinsville. Right. Uh, Collinsville High School, which you know, I'm which now I'm two, a two-sport head coach, which is <laughs> during during this time is a little crazy. but. Right. Uh, we make it work, but I was able to follow those kids from afar and, you know, would send those kids text messages, uh, text messages and everything. And they finished 10 and two again. Oh. Uh, they fin- yeah, they finished 10 and two again. Uh, we lost to Lutheran North. Uh, whenever we went 10 and whenever we went 10 and two under me, we lost to Lutheran North, like 51 to nothing. I mean, they were really, they were really, really good, but they didn't win the state title that year. This year they lost to Lutheran North six to nothing. And Luther North went on. Luther North went on and won the won the state championship. Yeah. Uh, probably the closest game they had all year long. So, uh, I mean, those kids. Must, I mean, that that work ethic that kind of got instilled right. in them. They, they must they must have continued on with that, which is which is great. You know, as coaches, that's what we strive for. Like, we want to get it started, but we don't want to have to continue it. We want the players to really, you know, kind of create that positive feedback loop to where it just becomes contagious, and then you really just get to coach football, which is a lot of fun right yeah that's uh and and it's good and you know it's a little it's a little satisfying I'm sure for you to see them still having that success you know uh, that that you kind of instilled and built with them and and to see them still have it I'm sure that's you know you're you're proud of that like you said from watching them from afar so that's that's also pretty cool right there too oh absolutely and you know I'd I'd send them text messages you know weekly especially early on in the season uh when everything was kind of you know getting started and they were still a little unsure but I mean this is the kind of impact we we made on their lives when I say we I mean my wife and I is on Mother's Day uh, about six of the kids text me to wish her a happy Mother's Day, and on Father's Day, probably three or four kids text me to wish me a happy Father's Day. That's cool. So, yeah, it was it just it just that's kind of the kind of impact that we you know we made on those kids' lives in those short two years we were with yeah. them. And that's what we want as coaches. I mean, we can ask for nothing nothing else than that. So that's that's cool. Um, you you kind of touched on it. You know, you're the head wrestling coach at Collinsville, and you coached wrestling obviously before at, at your other stops, and um, were a wrestler. Uh, how important, you know, I know, I know this is an easy answer, but how important is that kind of wrestling football marriage? We had almost, I think we had 50 kids on our wrestling team last year and over half of them were football players. Uh, so as a wrestling coach, it's extremely important. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, and then whenever you look at the NFL or the uh, football side of things, you look at the NFL, like Bill Belichick loves wrestlers at offensive linemen. And uh, I'm pretty sure John Madden's quoted, if he had it his way, that all offensive linemen would be wrestlers. Uh, so whenever you start looking at names like that, that are specifically targeting wrestlers for, uh, you know, for positions on the field, like it's got to carry a little bit of weight with it. Um, I, I love having those kids. It just, it's just a, it's a different kind of toughness that a wrestler brings. Cause I, I mean, in my opinion, it's the most, it's the most difficult sport in high school, not just because of the weight management type of things, but if you go out and you lose a match, it's just you. Right. You know, you like, you can't be like, Oh, well those five other guys didn't block for me. You know, you, you there, there's none of that. It's, it's you, another guy in a ring, you lose. It's right. A lot of kids can't handle, they, they can't handle that type of, 
that, you know, that type of, uh, I guess, failure. Um, but the ones that really strive, not only do they handle that failure well, but then they go back and they learn from it and fix up, you know, fix any issues that, you know, that they had during that particular match yeah. and, uh, and get better from it. Yeah. And, and it's such a, I mean, and it's such a, it's such an important thing in my opinion too, that coming from, you know, especially coming from my, my situation at Fort Madison where they hadn't had a lot of football success, but it had a ton of wrestling success. It's good for them to a get that success out there on the wrestling mat and B compete because that's, that was one of the, you know, that was one of the, 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 magic words we would always use is compete and, and to get them out there to compete on the wrestling mat, they're going to then in turn compete on the football field and, and, you know, achieving success in anything is going to, is going to transfer over to whatever, you know, whatever year it is you're, you're working on next. So that, that's gotta be also a huge kind of coaching point and, and piece for you guys to have that there as well. And a, and a parallel between Collinsville and, and Fort Mad or Fort Madison, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, Collinsville has had some wrestling success. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the previous coach uh, before me, Tom Blaha had been there for 20 years and had, had, he, I mean, he's, he'd done very, very well with the program. Um, so I tried to get as many football kids out as I could, uh, out, out for wrestling. And now it's just kind of feeding back off of each other and, uh, you know, just competing, getting out there and competing every single day. Uh, once a kid learns how to compete, it's, you know, it's tough to stop them. Right. Absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, final question I've got for you, Coach, and, and this is uh, this has been the one that's been stumping everybody, but if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you played with, guys you've coached, or guys you were just a fan of, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Oof, man. All right, I think you got to have Orlando Pace on there. Okay. I mean – you don't end up being an, uh, a Heisman finalist as an offensive <laughs> lineman very often. Right. Uh, so he's got to be up there. I think you've got to put uh, Dick Buckus up there, even though he's more, more well-known as a linebacker. I think okay. he's got to be up there somewhere just because he was a mean old nasty, uh, you know, kind of guy. Uh, current guy that I really enjoy watching is Quentin Nelson. I think he's very much old school, even though he's uh, kind of the, you know, Jersey boy kind of a-hole you got to love the way he plays he he is he's reckless with his with his body and if you if, if you're going to be reckless with your body you know he doesn't care about anybody else's body right um i got two more huh you got two more yep all right i'm gonna i'm gonna give i'm gonna give two guys i played with in college a little bit of love i'm gonna okay. give dave dave deal and tony pasho some some love Dave Deal ended up being with the uh, the New York Giants for for quite a long time. He was a uh, multiple time Pro Bowler and I think two time uh, two time NFL Super Bowl champion with yep. the Giants. And yep. then Tony, then my my story about Tony Pashos and I tell it to everybody is uh, I was running scout team uh, my freshman year at Illinois, and I think they 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 had run like just a zone one way. I'm doing scout team and I had hit Luke Butkus right in his chin and kind of dropped into his knees and Harry, he stands all over me. He was the offensive line coach at the time. And he's, you know, he's resp actually responsible for Quentin Nelson and uh, the, you know, McGlinchey who are mm -hmm. both in the NFL now. But anyway, the next play they're running power away from me and I got a beat on it and I'm running after it. And all of a sudden I'm in the air. I'm my, my arms and my arms and legs are still moving. Like I'm chasing the play down, but I am just on skates going the other direction. And whenever the whistle blows, I get launched like another 10 yards. Well, it was, Tony Pachos uh, coming from the right tackle spot, coming to that, coming to that weak side linebacker, and he just destroyed me. Yeah, 
he, so I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him some love there too. Okay. I, I can appreciate that. I remember, um, I can't remember if I was a sophomore or junior in high school. Uh, we went to a track meet, an indoor track meet at Lockport. Um, and I remember seeing him, he was still in high school and he was, and he was like six, seven, 330 pounds. I mean, he was just a ginormous human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I can imagine that was a fun ride you took there, but. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I tried to avoid him as much as possible <laughs> at every opportunity after that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Before we get you out of here, uh, do me a favor. Drop your Twitter information um, and anything else you want the listeners to know. Um, I don't tweet too much, but I do do a lot of retweeting of offensive line stuff. But You can find me at Coach Beavis. It's B-E-V-I-S. And, uh, yeah, go Cahawks. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, again, I appreciate you coming on. Um, hopefully this all happens. And, and uh, you know, best of luck. I'm looking forward to watching your success there. And, and um Sounds like if, if we don't have a football season, at least hopefully there, there's, uh, there's some hope for wrestling season. So, uh, you know, best luck and everything. Hope, hope everybody's doing well and healthy and uh, looking forward to talking to you later. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, bud. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome.